Hello, it is October 28th, 2021, and you're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Eight, Scott. It's week eight. Things are getting spooky, especially, especially in the gridiron. How are you today? How, what's new in the life of Darth Scott? Doing very well, thank you. Um, what's new in my life? Uh, I guess I'm about to start a new job next week. Um, that should be that's going to be an exciting new chapter in my life. I'll uh, I'll be starting with a company called Better. It's a mortgage company. Oh wow! So, uh, it's you know trying to bring mortgage uh, rates into the 21st century by just making everything easier on lot all automated online. They do uh, homeowners insurance, title insurance. Uh, they have real estate agents. They're kind of doing a whole package. They're eventually going to branch out into other things, I think, too. So pretty excited. Should should yeah. be a great opportunity. That whole process is a nightmare. And I'm sure you know oh, it yeah. as well. It's not yeah. fun. And so, you know, kudos to you for for taking on that that kind of responsibility, doing it for other people. Because I know on my end, it was like, oh, so stressful. Um, and we didn't have the proper communication, I felt like. So that was important. You know, if I had to give, that's a whole separate story. You know, I oh, I know that. I feel like that's that was exactly my uh, experience with my mortgage broker as well. And that's actually like the owner of this company's story is like, I don't want people to have to go through that experience. And I've never heard anybody say that their you know uh, loan prof- process was any different, other than like, oh man, that was the biggest pain in the ass in the world. And I'll never buy a house again until like at least a decade later. You know, yeah. so I think that that's kind of the main goal of the company is to make it not such a pain in the ass. Basically. Yeah just talking to somebody. I mean, there was just so much radio silence and gaps in between communication during a process that I feel like there was a a clear deadline and, you know, it's just something that you like to fix, but you know, you get through it and it's, it's painful and everybody says they agree it's painful. So if you can make it not so painful, uh, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's great. Um, What's new in the life of uh, sex raptor? Oh, nothing much. Um, you know, just gearing up for for uh, you know some some football. I'm I'm pretty happy about my team. Or I won't say happy. I'll say satisfied. Five and two is a good spot to be in after seven weeks, especially when uh, when I was kind of thrown under the bus, you know, at the beginning of the year saying that my team was probably one of the worst, if not the worst in the league. So to be five and two and in third place, I will take that for sure. 
Well, uh, I mean, your team was one of the worst teams at the beginning, but as usual, you're one of the better managers in the league, and you were able to uh, make a lot of corrections, a lot of great trades, a lot of good pickups. You know, I just that's just part of it. You know, if you had started with a better draft, you'd probably be first. Uh, a good chunk of my team is people I drafted, so you know, I, I don't know. I, I it's it is what it is, but whatever. We're not here to talk about why I'm five and two because that could all fall apart. We're at the halfway point of the season. We are not to the finish line. It's all about how you finish, not how you start. But before we get into football, before we get into everything that we about week eight, what are you watching? There's, there's a lot of it's, it is the prime time of the year for things that are going on in uh, not only movies, but uh, TV and streaming as well. So what are you watching? Um, I'm trying to catch up with uh, Succession right now. I'm still in the first season. There's a new season, I think, that just started on HBO. Uh, that's a really good show. I'm enjoying that. I've gotten a lot of good recommendations from that, and it's been it's been great so far. So I'm, I think I'm near the end of the first season. Uh, another big movie that came out on HBO recently was Dune. Yeah. Uh, I, big sci-fi epic, um, which I know a lot of people knowing me would think like, oh, man, he loves sci-fis. He loves epics. He's going to love this. Um I hate it. I fucking hate it. I do. Uh, you know, like I tried to watch 30 minutes of it this weekend and I, uh, I pissed off Valerie too much with all my critiques and she was like, you're going to have to watch this alone. Like I can't watch this with, um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dive into it later. And anything that I dislike to this extent, I like to watch, uh, in a detailed fashion so that anybody that approaches me and says, Oh dude, that's a great movie. I can tell them in about 5 million different points of why it's not starting from the very first scene. Jesus Christ. Like I know that like it's cinematically beautiful, but fucking hell is it cinematically beautiful dumpster fire. That is some of the worst fucking acting and casting I've ever heard. And who the fuck is Timothy Shamalet fucking bullshit? Who is this fucking kid that everybody has the biggest fucking boner for in the world? Are you kidding me? I don't know. I, I've, I mean, I've seen him around. I don't. I can't tell you. And I, I, I am pretty plugged into you know movies and and TV and stuff like that. I don't know what he's been in. What is the only he? thing I, I've known him from that I look uh, from looking at his IMDb page, not because I was like, oh, that was a great performance by Timothy Sutherland. It's because I looked at his page and he was in, he was the kid in Interstellar before he left and came back. And I'm just like, so that's it. And since then. Uh, people got the biggest fucking boner ever for him. I, I'm extremely confused. That's oh, it. Oh, he was in some shit we wouldn't watch. He was in Lady Bird, which I heard was great if you're a 15 year old girl. Uh, it won. Um, uh, didn't it win Picture of the Year or something like that? It, yeah, I, it was, I think it was an Oscar movie. I tried to watch. It. I didn't. I just I don't care. So I was just oh. like, yeah, this is cute. No, but Oscar bait movies usually like they're hard to watch. Like you got to be like, that's me as the protagonist to really like it. You know, right. so. Again, I'm not a 16 year old redhead redhead girl, so I wasn't I wasn't into Lady Bird. I'm sorry. Fair uh, enough. Not definitely not a redhead. I'll, I'll give. Yeah. That. Oh, he was in Little Women. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's one of my favorite. Big, great performance in there. Yeah. Uh, just a bunch. Honestly, I don't know, but he's getting every fucking role. This whole movie's about him. The whole thing is like. It, that's one of the things that pisses me off about it. I cannot stand a storyline where the protagonist is some frail 14-year-old kid. And they're like, the whole universe depends on this one kid's actions and decisions. It's like, no, 
No fucking important decision ever was ever dependent on some fucking piece of shit teenage kid that's going to fucking fall over by twisting his ankle and never walk again. Like, no, none of that fucking is real. Every adult in the room would tell him to shut the fuck up and listen to the adult, let the adults talk. So mm-hmm. that that right there going to the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to beat up a bunch of people. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, he's going to beat up a room of five guys. Just wait. And there's a scene where he does it. I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. Like, <laughs> this is just awful. What about Zendaya? She's great. We love her. Uh, Everybody loves her. So, so the movie starts off with her narration and if you look up the definition of monotone, it'll be that narration. Because Jesus, like, I don't know if the director was too afraid to give her notes or she just didn't take them well, but, like, there's literally zero pitch inflection. There's there's no uh, pace change. No word is important because every single word is treated exactly the same. It's just boring, monotone reading of a fucking eulogy or some shit. Like, it's... It's a terrible way to start a movie. And that, that was part of why I was like, wow, this is, this is really garbage here, huh? So I'll give it another shot next week, um, probably with a few shots of whiskey or something to help me take it down. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I know it's gotten a bunch of publicity. You know, Doom was supposed to be huge. And it's surprising, you know, during the pandemic, I can understand why these movies, these big blockbusters came out on streaming. Uh, I, I don't, you know, COVID-19 is still going on. It's still in full effect. You know, if you haven't been vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. But movies are still not fully integrated into just theaters. I mean, they're still streaming. Like, I can go watch Doom for free right now. Uh, how long do you think that goes on? Do you think that's a permanent uh, thing now? No, no, because uh, it really fucks with the studio's money because... It, you're, you're cutting out because they want box office money and they want uh, video sales money, then rental, then stream. You're cutting out a lot of steps right there because no one's going to buy it or rent it if it's streaming for free. Um, now, granted, yes, the streaming companies are making a ton of money, uh, but that's actually part of where like this whole. Uh, so the reason Alec Baldwin killed, killed someone and, and hurt someone else is because a lot of the film industry is on strike right now because they have to work crazy hours, uh, don't get paid very much, don't get treated like human beings. You have call time at like 5 a.m. You could you could go till 5 a.m. the next day and have another call the next day at you know 8 a.m. or something. They, they really treated these people like pieces of shit. And so a lot of people have been on strike. And so that's why on that set, they had scabs. They didn't have real union people. They right. had fucking The armor, yeah. Or just they're, you know, just taking a paycheck and not giving a shit. And what happened? Someone fucking died. So it, like it, that's part of why. Uh, so they originally, they told these workers that, uh, oh, we don't know if streaming companies are going to like pay us enough money. So they actually have been paying them a discount even less than they usually do. So mm-hmm. it's quite, it's one of those really shitty industries in America that like just really treats their uh, workers like pieces of shit. Um, they're on strike. Hopefully they end up getting more money and benefits and things like that uh, because the studios are obviously making hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's not like yep. the money is there. So uh, I think everything right now, the next, everything that's still in production right now has been delayed about a year. I don't know if you just, if you saw a lot of uh, movie release dates in the next two years, it just got delayed because they know everything's going to take a lot more time to shoot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I've tried to fit in watching a couple things in between the World Series. World Series going on. Astros are one to one. 
Um, so every night that that's on for the next, you know, almost week, I'll be tuned in except for tomorrow night, tomorrow night, I had promised and I did not, uh, think this through hundred percent, but I had promised Stephanie that I would take her out to a movie on the Friday night. You know, it's kind of a tradition where we, every Halloween kind of, uh, go out to some kind of scary movie, something just to kind of get in the mood prior to Halloween. Um, and this year we're, uh, last night in Soho. I don't know if you've heard. I was going to suggest that. I was going to suggest that. It looks like a very good movie to watch. Yeah. We will be seeing that tomorrow. Um, Anya Taylor joy. Love Mm -hmm. her, even though she's got this unique look to her, uh, loved her in her, her Netflix chess series. Um, and she's got this cast that just, it's just so interesting. I, I, I'm very interested. It intrigued me from the beginning when I saw the trailer. So uh, really looking forward to that tomorrow night. But uh, other than that, other than the World Series, Curb Your Enthusiasm just got a new se- series or season. Um, so I saw the first episode of that. Obviously, it's just as good as every other season. Larry David's a genius. Um, so that's good stuff. Other than that, man, that's filling in with football. Life is... Uh, you know, my schedule's packed. Um, let's get in some football. It is the trade deadline. And I was, I signed a contract. Uh, I made a promise that I would not talk about Deshaun Watson. And I won't. I will stick to it. I will stick to it. Um, there's nothing new since the last time we talked. So we will not talk about him. Now, there are hypothetical trades that we could come up with. There are people who are going to be moved. There's also people who have already been moved. Um, and we can talk about the implications of that. But um, after we talk about the people that have already been moved, I'd like to hear some uh, hypothetical trades that you think should happen or could happen. Um, some of the trades that have already happened, let's talk about uh, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram got moved yesterday to the Saints. Do you think this affects fantasy at all? Uh, I mean, a little bit. Not that anybody was too invested in the Houston, the Texans running back field anyways, because it's been pretty garbage. But, uh, you know, they've been good for a decent running back to filler. Mark Ingram's he's he was the lead back. I mean, it's just the rest of them have been too hit or miss to know when to start them. Uh, Phil Lindsay would definitely have a little boost, but not much just because I said because it's the Texans offense. So it's, you know, it's, you're, you're not winning. It's not, uh, you know, make or break part of your season. Right. Um, uh, it is kind of sad though, I like Mark Ingram. He was a good part of the team. And did they get anything in return? I never saw anything. No one, they just, I just keep seeing headlines of Mark Ingram to the Saints. So, uh, so uh, it's, it's probably a late round draft pick. Uh, the Texans are just trying to stack draft picks and they do not care about winning the season. Obviously, uh, Brandon Cooks is super upset at this pick. Yeah, Mark Ingram is probably a guy that people um, really like in the locker room. He's very charismatic. I mean, if you've seen his uh, post game interviews when he was with the Ravens and, uh, you know, he does commercials um, for that uh, Heisman House kind of thing. Um, David Johnson seeing 50%, and this is prior to um, Mark Ingram getting traded. He was seeing 50% of the target share out of the backfield. And uh, I think a little bit lower than 50% of the carries uh, out of the backfield. (sighs) There's news that came out today that said David Johnson would 
be like featured, meaning that if somebody needed a running back, then the Texans would try um, to get some something for David Johnson, try to feature him. Um, does David Johnson fit into an RB2, RB3, maybe even – would you in any world start him? Uh, maybe on matchup or if I had to off because of buys or injury or something. Um, I mean, he could blow up. You never know. Just because if they do feature him, you know, he could get a couple touchdowns. I could see. I could definitely see that. Uh, but it's, like, for instance, your team, Melvin Gordon is almost 50-50 split with Javante Williams. Uh, obviously, it wasn't like that in the beginning of the season, but now it's grown. You see Melvin Gordon kind of his roles kind of been uh, scaled back. Uh, Dearness Johnson is obviously he had a great week last week, but um, he's on a I mean, that's that was like a one week fill in. You're gonna you have Chubb back this week, you have Hunt coming back in two weeks, and you'll see uh, Dearness Johnson be like a one to two, three snap a game. A lot of hope for Hunt on I be coming back so soon. No, I'm I mean, yeah, I think it's scheduled week 10, so you've got another three weeks. If Hunt, if Hunt has any value, which is a drafted running back. And he's on IR. Then Dearness Johnson has plenty of value, especially since Chubb. I mean, he's coming back, but I mean, for how long? The guy gets injured like every third game. Yeah, I mean, and, and you may be right. I mean, I'm, it's not if you want to hold on to Dearness Johnson for that very reason. I mean, that's not something they're that, a running team, and they're a two back running team. So, right. and neither one of their lead backs are particularly healthy. If Chubb's back, he's not at hundred percent. I think in a pinch, David Johnson could be a RB two. I think yeah, that I think, I think he could. I think that there's uh, enough there, and David Johnson's probably. I mean, if you think about it, the Texans there are not a popular place to be right now. Houston is not a team that people want to be on. Brandon Cooks is bad. Uh, you know, things are happening right now. I, it's 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 bad, um, and so David Johnson probably in his mind wants to ball out or play well the second half of the season. <laughs> Um, to try to garner some attention from other teams, uh, if not, you know, in the coming week, but next week, you know, if David Johnson has a really good week this week, um, the trade deadline is not till Tuesday. There's a chance he could be moved somewhere for somebody else. I guess my thing that worries me about him is the game script. How often are the Texans going to be up and running? You know, like they're, they're usually going to be down by two scores in throwing. I right. feel like so it's like that's why I worry is like my my only goal is like you know pass it down to the within the three yard line and then run it please you know that's like uh, or you know something like that but because game script's never going to be in your favor uh yeah no I and I agree I think the Texans have like one offensive touchdown in the last like three weeks maybe four weeks it's bad um it's it's not good but I'm just saying uh, the work, if you're looking for a volume running back, I think, uh, David Johnson, you could do worse than David Johnson at this point from the trade. Philip Lindsay. Um, I think Philip Lindsay is super talented. Um, and this is not a knock on Philip Lindsay, but the Texans as a whole is just a bad offensive team. Um, the only person really worth rostering, I mean, a super flex or two QB league, um, uh, you know, it, you can definitely uh, roster Tyrod Taylor. And obviously Cooks is like a wide receiver three just because of volume. But um, yeah, that's something to look at. All right. So tell me, how about, okay, so we're in an IDP league. 
Do you see the Rams traded um, the Broncos, Kenny Young, who's been, you know, a pretty good linebacker for them. Um, not playing so much now uh, for, for the Rams, but the Broncos lost both their inside linebackers to season ending injuries. Uh, Johnson and Josie Jewell picked up Kenny Young. Kenny Young will probably be featured at that middle inside linebacker spot. Uh, is that somebody you're interested in? Uh, is that somebody that's improved their fancy value? Yeah, I think definitely. That's uh, that's a big move because being inside linebacker with a great defensive line ahead of you, Broncos defense has been pretty solid this year, uh, yep. especially their front seven. So it's sad to hear that they lost both of their inside linebackers. I think you know it might take them a minute to get the scheme down, but uh, he should be able to plug and play because uh, he's kind of a tackle monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I can uh, I can definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, his first game over there, I guess he came in and uh, – or I guess it wasn't – they've reverted uh, his his schedule here. But, yeah, almost three games with double-digit points. He's got a couple sacks on the year. Uh, I think he's super talented. This could be a steal for the Broncos. And, and also in IDP circumstances, definitely like a D3, somebody that you could put in your defensive spot, um, you know, right there. And it, just somebody to pick up um, – as it pertains to the trade deadline, do you have any like trades that you wish would be done? Some, a trade that you think uh, could happen uh, or, or should happen? Uh, well, I mean, just kind of look at the bottom feeders of the league right now. So you got the lions, uh, not much talent. They trade away there. I don't think they'd be willing to get rid of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, the Dolphins have a lot of talent on defense that they trade. I feel like an, exa- an aggravated Xavier Howard's been wanting to get out of there. He'd be they trade Mink Fitzpatrick before. They're not, uh, you know, they're not unaccustomed to this. So I think that would be a great trade because they're obviously not going to the playoffs this year and need probably another draft pick next year for either another quarter to trade for Deshaun Watson or trade or to draft another quarterback basically. So I think that would be a smart move for them. Uh, and, and just about anybody could use another DB this year because if you're not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you might be facing them in the Super Bowl or playoffs, you've got to cover Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Rikowski, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, fucking uh, just too many people basically. And right. you, you need uh, cornerback one-level talent across the board. Mm-hmm. You need four guys at least yeah. healthy. So, like, that's, that's one of those things you got to think about. Like, or if you're playing the Cowboys – you, you got to cover Amari Cooper, uh, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, and Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the backfield. So it's you know, the, a lot of teams are pretty stacked this year. So yeah. I think that would be a great trade for anybody because Dolphins ain't doing shit this year and they know it. So. Oh, absolutely. I, and I think they, uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, the Dolphins, we were so excited about what the Dolphins were going to do and they made that huge Larry Tunsil trade. And they just stack their team full of picks. I mean, like so many picks. And it looks, you know, it's too early to say, but it looks like they whiffed on a lot of those picks, um, you know, for the last few years, which really sucks for them um, because they were in this full, like what we see with the Texans now, like the Dolphins were like that two years ago. They were trading Fitzpatrick. They were trading, you know, receivers. They traded Kennedy Stills to us. They traded, um, uh, it, it was, it was a, a whole big thing. They trade a bunch of people away. Uh, Larry Tunsil. I mean, that was their like first pick. 
uh, and they're just trying to clean house uh, to start over from scratch. Um, Tannehill that was gone, um, you know, and now it seems like they're trying to do a, another rebuild uh, real quick. So getting rid of people like Devonte Parker, I think uh, w- would be a good idea. Uh, you know, it, I'd hate to say get rid of Gasecki, um, but people on the defensive side as well. You know, if you want to get rid of Xavier Howard, you can get some high draft picks. They, they just lost uh, the, one of their other running backs, so they can't really get rid of Gasecki right now. Well, uh, he's tight end. You mean? Oh, not Gasecki. Uh, I was saying Gaskin. Sorry. No, Gaskin. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, they did lose Malcolm Brown, but again, they when you're in a position like this, you don't really give a shit who's playing. <laughs> you know, the Texans don't really. Oh, I lost a running back. Like they just bring one off off the, the scout squad. Who gives a shit? You know. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. I don't think that they'd be ready to give or get rid of somebody like Gaskin. Uh, not that there's a huge market for him, uh, because he's only like 23. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think you're on something there. I think the Dolphins should definitely make some moves. Um, again, I'm not going to talk about Deshaun Watson, but, um, besides that, besides quarterback moves, I think they could, they could definitely, uh, I don't think it's great for him. Three for what the Texans are asking right now, three first round picks. That's absurd. True. And uh, you know, the more radio silence that we hear on this, the more I'm starting to think that the Texans might wait till the offseason. And then this has just yeah. been kind of something that's been drummed up by the media. Um but again, I, you know, I'm not uh we're not gonna not get gonna, into that. Not gonna get into that. Oh, Man, I, my... I'm trying to figure out who to drop for Kenny Young now. <laughs> yeah, convince you really on the <laughs> he looked really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 uh, you know, not so bad, especially for a six round pick. Um, so I think that there's a lot, and this is something that I've been thinking of like all year long, and it's it upsets me. Um, there are multiple teams in the NFL that are like that either don't use the tight end or use the tight end very sparingly in their weekly game plans. Mm-hmm. Um, use them as extra blockers and things like that. An extra blocker or they have them off the field. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time they do four wide sets or something like that. You know, the Arizona Cardinals has been one of those teams that have neglected the tight end position for so long. I mean, you think about like, Dan Arnold was used very sparingly last year. Max Williams had like a tiny glimpse of what could be earlier in the year. And then obviously he was, uh, he's on IR now, but they went out and got Zach Ertz. And in one game with Zach Ertz, you can see that they are, it's another weapon they can use. Um, There are some offices out there that I think could use some of these tight ends and, you know, it would be in their favor. Uh, to go get somebody like that, wh- whether it be a, a, a tight end one or, a, you know, a tight end that they could use um, as a tight end two and two wide receiver set or two tight end sets. Uh, I think OJ Howard is one of those, like, this guy's super talented, is a mismatch for defenses, um, and is a matchup nightmare if he's used in the right way, obviously he's had some problem running routes. Um, yeah. He's not all there on the same page with, with Brady. And I mean, Oh no, it's like that with Jameis too. It was, it, it's, it's not just, it's a whole Buccaneers thing. It's not, 
it's not just Brady. Like if you remember, like, he came he, up with he's game. Physically talented, he's just not mentally at the level he needs to be yet. Like um, he had, he had this huge glimpse of like, okay, this guy could be like a top five tight end uh, for a few weeks. I want to say two years ago, and it was with Jameis, and then he got hurt for the year. I think he went on IR towards ACL or something like that. Uh, came back the next year, and it's like okay, you know, he's got Brady and like all this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, as a tight end too, like this is a huge opportunity for him. And he just shit the bed. Like he just couldn't catch anything. He just, he ran wrong routes. He got benched. I think there were a few weeks where he was just like healthy scratch. I mean, it's been bad, but I think OJ Howard for the right team could be a really, really good weapon. Like I'm not even talking about like, a team that is competing for the playoffs. Like what if the Texans like went and got somebody like OJ Howard, um, it, you know, a young guy, probably cheap. He'd probably get him for a seventh round pick. Somebody that you just gave away Mark Ingram for. Um, I know this, that's like crazy, but why not? Uh, another one of these guys that I've been looking at is David and Joku. Um, somebody like the Titans who had Johnny Smith. And featured Johnny Smith, and Johnny Smith was a huge weapon for them. Um, I'm not saying the Titans have really struggled, but a lot of times for tight ends, though, it comes down to matchups as well, like how you match up the other defense. Not only with who's covering him, whether it's a linebacker, safety, corner, and how he can beat them or not, but also how the offensive line in general matches up against their their pressure defensive line. If they need to keep them in to block more and things like that, because they can't handle anymore. Because I know. Uh, for instance, with Steelers, they they just they can't handle the rush right now. So if there is a tight end on the field, he stays in the block usually, kind of thing. So it's like it's one of those things. Like why that's why you're not seeing much production over there. Um, it's because the offensive line sucks. It's not the tight end's fault. It's the offensive line's fault. Uh, so there's it's it, there's just a lot of determining factors that the tight end itself can't control unless he's a just beast like a Kelsey or maybe a Darren Waller or something where there's like you're you're going out basically uh for instance Mark Andrews isn't necessarily a beast but since Lamar Jackson can move they don't need to keep him in the block it's better him out running I mean, around I disagree that was our first round pick I mean he coming out of Oklahoma Mark Mark Andrews is a really good tight end he's, no he's good but like I'm I mean he's not he's not amazing I'm sorry it's, it's I'm just, not I'm, I'm not getting out of bed for fucking Mark Andrews right. so uh, so like it's just it, he like he's hit or miss point wise all, all the rest of it. So he, he's he's definitely uh, I feel like he can be as good as Kelsey, but he's not always basically. Um, yeah, no, and and you know I can I can sort of understand that. I'm just saying there's some tight ends that I feel like are just not they're just dormant in a league where tight ends just are like not featured at all. I mean, we're talking about all like, right. we got to get onto these, uh, these matchups because I got to put my lot, my picket. Uh, oh, pick you're up. right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Sorry. I sorry. I, I went on a tight end. Race. I know you're drilling. You're going home for a double tight end league, basically at the end of it, but we'll talk about it next time. Right. Uh, okay. So let's start out with the uh, dad versus Last man standing. The spread is dad minus five and a half. Uh, I know people got on to me because Brad's had a horrid year. Uh, you let, let me know what, uh, what, what do you think? Ooh, well, all right. 
Dad versus Last Man Standing. Obviously, reading the covers, you'd say Last Man Standing. But lately, Dad is on a hot streak. With Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones leading charge for Dad. Joe Burrow versus the Jets. Daniel Jones, Monday night versus Kansas City. Those are some of the best matchups you could possibly ask for for your quarterbacks. But Last Man Standing has Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan. Now, Kyler Murray gets to play at home on Thursday night, but Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan. I don't like Thursday night games in general. Green Bay's defense will try to get up to make up for all the uh, COVID on the offensive side of the ball. Man, I'm uh, leaning dad there quarterback-wise. His matchups are just too good. Uh, Last man standing for his wide receivers, Tyler Lockett, Christian Kirk, and Randall Cobb. A lot of misses more than hits. Um, for dad, you got Robbie Anderson, Waddle, and Landry. Not exactly blowing my skirt up there either. It's a very slow dance in the wide receiver town for them, but dad's still leading the charge. Neam Hines, Leonard Fournette versus last man standing, Daryl Henderson, Jamal Williams. Man, these are just looking like really bad teams right now. Yeah. There's a lot of people on, on by or injury or something here. It's usually our last man standing is better than this. Ah, uh, you got Devontae Adams on, on COVID. Okay, that's going to hurt you. That, that's why usually your wide receivers look a lot better. Uh, Gronkowski versus Kyle Pitts, a tight end. My gut's tell me to take dad on this. Um, so you see what I see. Yeah. Yeah, he's got matchups. He's got... Uh, he's got some. Uh, he's got some great players that are just streaking right now, as his team is. He's catching last man standing on a bad week. Um, Thursday night is usually low scoring. I take the under tonight, uh, and the rest is he's got some stars on uh, on COVID. So yeah, I just agree with the under, but you know, uh, yeah, Hedman's missing his wide receiver one, running back uh, two. Uh, it, you know, he's on bye. Um, one of the big things is, man, the reason I beat Hedman last week was because the entire Seattle D or offense is not the Seattle offense that you think. Okay. Even DK Metcalf on that first play of the game or the first, first couple plays, he went, that was, it. that was it. That was it for the offense. And so Lockett is like wide receiver three or unstartable right now. He is. And that's a, even against Jacksonville at home, he is. That's just how it is to me. Um, yeah, and, and Jamal Williams, um, against the Philly front and, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of banged up. Um, you've got Gronk in his first game back against new Orleans. Um, Hedman's defense, he's tried to piece some things together. It just doesn't look as good as I once thought it was. Um, it's, it looks like a bunch of free agents that he's tried to piece in together. Uh, and, and it's not that great. I mean, this is one of the teams I was super excited about. I still love Kyler Murray. I think Matt Ryan's, you know, due for a good year. Uh, and, and Henderson as well as one of those guys that I've tried to grab off him constantly. Um, and he's, he's rebutted me. So uh, on the other side, you know, Burrow against the Jets. Burrow has been scorching hot lately. Uh, you know, I, Brad made a trade last week to, to try to shore up some of his team. And I think he did a good job for net. Um, it has looked like the four net that he was supposed to be when Jacksonville drafted him with the seventh overall pick, uh, you know, he got some decent uh, defenders uh, in Taylor Rapp. Uh, Pitts has really stepped it up. I think Pitts looks like a top five tight end. Uh, and, and Robbie Anderson, while everybody in the fantasy world is just shitting on Robbie Anderson saying he's bad, Robbie Anderson could go off at any point 
for two touchdowns, three touchdowns. Uh, this could be the week of Robbie Anderson. I think one of these weeks are going to be the week against Robbie Anderson. Um, and, and he's going to have uh, some big plays and Daniel Jones uh, playing on Monday night, which is always good to have a quarterback hammer. Um, and uh, with a really positive game flow face Kansas city, I just, I, I really think that, uh, that he's going to beat the spread. So I'm going to take dad minus five and a half. There's a reason I put his spread at, at, like this. Uh, I don't agree that he, this is game of the week, but you know, it is what it is. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one here. We've got Foop Slayer versus Camacho. Let me go ahead and take, take the reins on this one uh, right here. This is a high-scoring matchup thus far, and we just got the news prior to this podcast uh, that Osneckler is a little bit banged up. Uh, we, we haven't really heard anything prior to this uh, than what we see right now. Um, you know, it's just it's a hip injury, which is, is not good. Uh, like I've talked about with Eckler in the past is, I mean, this guy, I had him on my team for a portion of the year, I think three or four weeks. Um, I traded Chubb for him. This is a guy that can be extremely dangerous on offense, probably top five running back just for the fact that he is a PPR, uh, you know, connoisseur, he is amazing on the ground. He hits the open hole really super fast. Um, and he's using the red zone too. Like he's everything you could ever want in a running back. The one bugaboo about Eckler is that he gets hurt all the time. He is not very, uh, he's very, very fragile. So uh, when I dealt him, that was the only reason. If I knew Eckler was going to be uh, healthy the rest of the year, I would have kept Eckler. I would have so what you're not saying is the player is about to add another RB2 to his factory, huh? I mean, the thing is, we saw it last year. Eckler went at, down last year, and who filled in for him? It, it, Kelly? Uh, I know, yeah. Justin I mean, Jackson? They, they do this committee of like yeah, a Yeah, they do a committee after that. That's, round that's, three? I mean, yeah, it's that's what happens. It's like nobody's talented enough to do it all after him, so it's right. like everybody takes a different down. Like it's similar to what San Francisco does, except for they all suck and they're not all going to hit the the end zone. So like any week San Francisco would come out and I know Elijah Mitchell has been doing pretty good, but any week you could see like a different running back for San Francisco 49ers. And uh, that's what I think if Eckler goes down, that's what you're looking at. Also uh, New England on the road is, is not that satisfying to me. I just talked about Gino and how I hate uh, <laughs> watching Gino last week. I know it was raining. I know it was pouring. Uh, and he's got an easier matchup with Jackson. I just don't think he's that great. He's not that great. Um, uh, we're talking about Schultz. Schultz, uh, I think, is going to be the person that's most hurt by the return of Gallup. Uh, one more mouth to feed over there in, in, in Dallas. I don't think he's hurt that much. I still think he's a startable tight end. Uh, but that 9.48 is pretty high. Um, we've talked about how Fupa Slayer has really tried to Frankenstein his defense all year long. Uh, it just doesn't look good. I mean, he's starting three corners, um, which is just kind of pathetic at defensive back. If you're trying to start three corners, it's just ugly. Um, on the other end, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I know he's missing 
all of his wide receivers this week. Uh, I don't think that matters. We're still talking about fucking Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, you know, that's a go. The only way that this kind of fails is if Prescott doesn't play. Prescott came out this week and said uh, he may or may not play. <laughs> it's not his decision. Well, Prescott, it's been – or Dak, it's been two weeks. You better fucking play. Uh, and I know Chase is feeling the same way. Uh, you know, I like Chase's running backs that he's put together. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, there's going to be better quarterback play. I'm counting on it in Carolina. Um, and Camacho's defense is like heads and shoulders above Fupa Slayers. I, I think this 10 and a half, uh, he covers it, beats him, and Fupa Slayer is looking at uh, ways to try to fix this and, and get to the playoffs next week because he has run out of time. What do you think? Um, I do agree. Uh, I think this is going to be a very high scoring, close matchup in general, but uh, man, I, I'm, I'm scared for Camacho with Dak Prescott uh, just because his, if you look at his pass attempts and like just the amount of like times he's run the ball and everything, like it's just head and shoulders above like a lot of other quarterbacks. Like he, his pass attempts per game is just absurd. And right now we're talking about a calf. Uh, preseason, we were talking about a shoulder. Uh, they just came off their bye, and he's saying, I might not be able to go, and it might not even be my call. Mm. You have a lot of games left, and you don't get another bye. So, like, if you weren't better off of your bye, you're not going to get better anytime soon, right? So, like, that, that, that concerns me going forward. Um, I do think that he'll end up playing this Sunday night because it's Sunday night. And it's prime time, and Jerry likes fucking prime time, and he doesn't want to lose on prime time. And he'll be like, just take an extra shot of cortisone and shut the fuck up. Yeah. And no, so, I, I think he plays for sure. Yeah. So, but, you know, whether how that does for the rest of the season, we'll see. Uh, they might end up resting him like uh, some noon game, like a Denver game that's an out of conference, out, out of division game. So that I could see them resting him for that or something like that. But, uh, but I think all around, though, uh, Camacho's wide receivers uh, should be able to stand up. The only thing I'm worried about that could really help uh, Fupa Slayer win this week would be Josh Allen and Tyreek Hill. Uh, they could each have a monster game that you just sometimes can happen. Uh, and barring that, Camacho Camacho should win though. Yeah, uh, just because Wait, Josh the ten and a half. Uh, ooh, ten and a half. Wow! Like the main thing, and and, I, and this is something that I, I might have, have to adjust. Fupa with the ten half. Like I think I think Camacho is going to win, and his defense is is head and shoulders above uh, uh, Fupa's defense with Isaiah Simmons, uh, Luakon, Bobby Wagner, um, is uh, Doran James Jr. He's got a lot of studs over there that should push him over the edge. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him the ten and a half. Okay, so you're going to take Fupa, or you're going to take Camacho? No, I'm, I'm going to take Camacho. I think I think he clears it. Uh, I, the only thing I'm really scared of is like a Tyreek Hill 40 burger. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it could happen Monday night. That's that's yeah. where people come out to play. Professor versus Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, the spread this week is 19 and a half. And, uh, you know, you can tell me I'm crazy. Uh, I look at Rutherford B. Hayes quarterback. So Bridgewater and Mike White. And <laughs> I just, I, 
you know, people say it's a quarterback league. I push back on that. I say it's not totally a quarterback league. You can still win. Obviously, people have won championships without great quarterbacks. Um, that you can't win without any quarterbacks. Um, and I think if you're depending on a Mike White to Corey Davis to try to shoulder you some points, that's going to be rough, man. That is so rough. Uh, and Max is in need of a win, like real bad. Three and four puts you at three and five. Uh, win out to be guaranteed the playoffs. Uh, you know, win most of the games to, to be right there on the edge. It's, it's tough spot. Um, I don't think Barkley plays this week. Uh, we'll see coming up on Monday night. I, I, I don't see that happening when he does play the Barkley Chubb Kelsey combination. Um, but he hasn't practiced thus far. And, and we've, from things like this, we've heard things like this and, and they keep pushing it back. I know they have till Monday, but you know, I, we're going to have season practices uh, coming up. If he doesn't, then he's got Booker and Chubb, you know, digs, and then just a bunch of, and Kelsey, and then a bunch of garbage. I, I haven't really liked his defense all year. Um, I know he's, he's added some additions. You know, I like Wingard. I like Bush. As, as those additions, you know, they're not, they're not terrible, but on the other side, uh, Kirk cousins in prime time, uh, Tom Brady against new Orleans, Tom Brady's have another one of those years. Jamar chase is looking like uh, rookie of the year favorite against the jets, the hapless jets, uh, you know, Aaron Jones without all those receivers tonight going against Arizona. Um, you know, professor made a trade for cook. He, he's got that whole Minnesota offense. Uh, Noah Fant is stealing most of the points that you get from Bridgewater. He's been a featured target for Bridgewater this year. Um, as far as defense, causes had a terrible defense start of the year. He's really improved on that. He's made some trades to try to try to clear it up. It's still not the best, um, but Logan Wilson, Deion Jones, Hendricks, um, those are some viable Ds. Uh, and those are some some guys that can can really carry a defense. So um, projected one ninety four. Um, that's almost 20, you know, I gave him the 19 and a half. I'm going to take professor as a favorite and to just absolutely crush him. Uh, you know, what do you think? Yeah, unfortunately for Rutherford behaves, I'm going to have to agree. I, the professor is just catching, uh, the former president uh, on a bad week. Uh, it's, you know, it's like Rutherford behaves trying to go for a second term. It's not going to happen, man. So <laughs> It's just, it's like, he's got, you know, he's got a great team in about three or four weeks. Like if Rutherford B. Hayes could get to the playoffs somehow and, you know, Derek Carr's going off like he still is. He has Michael Thomas come back. He's starting uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon and maybe trades Chubb or something. Uh, he could, he could have a very solid team in a few weeks. It's not this week though. Uh this professor has, he's got a lot of great matchups like you're talking about. I mean, Brady's just going nuts. Uh, you'll be at New Orleans, which he had a tough time against last year, but I think he's going to right those wrongs like he did against Chicago last week. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been very quietly a top 10 quarterback in, in the league. He's going to, he's going to be on prime time. He's stacking, he's stacking jacking it with uh, Dalvin Cook, who's uh, still one of the top running backs in the league as long as he's taking the field and he's healthy right now. Aaron Jones is going to, uh, going to the field tonight for the prep for the professor in green Bay has no wide receivers on the field. So it's going to be the Aaron Jones show all day, which we have seen, uh, you know, two, three, four touchdown games from him multiple times. 
Uh, Jamar Chase, like you said, for the professor, it's just name after name. The professor is not the team you want to face right now, especially if you've got a lot of cues and a lot of IR and a lot of issues over there for Rutherford B. Hayes. So it's not any, it's not a team anybody wants to face, but uh, with all those issues, the 19.5 spread is, uh, it it, it was kind. So take professor. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's, and that spells trouble for Rutherford B. Hayes. Like I said, uh, time is running out for these people. Uh, You know, we are just halfway, uh, but you lose a few more. Uh, you go into week 10, 11, 12 with a losing record. That's that's a tough uh, tough hill to climb. Okay, next up here, we've got uh, Disco Lemonade versus Unicycle Polar Bears. The spread is 18. So another big matchup. What do you think? This is another one of the situations of kind of, you know, top tier team play, playing one of the bottom ones that he's – had a couple good games here and there. He's got some players that can really show up. He's got a, a few guys on by, but not too many. Um, but he's it's really been about matchups for Unicycle Polar Bears. And this week with Tyner he- Taylor Heineke at Denver and Tua at Buffalo uh, for Unicycle Polar Bear, that's terrible matchups. That is not that is not a good way to start, especially when you're looking at Disco Lemonades. Matthew Stafford at Houston and Trevor Lawrence at Seattle, which isn't great, but it doesn't matter. Matter he'll get some garbage time points, and Matthew Stafford's probably going to go crazy, especially with a stack and jack to Cooper Cup for Disco Lemonade. That's going to be uh, fucking two girls, one cup for Unicycle Polar Bear mm. all day Sunday. I'm really sorry, but he's going to be eating a lot of shit. Wow. So there's going to be it's going to be a long day for him. It really is because. Uh, you're going to follow that up with Jerry Judy and uh, Mike Williams on the Chargers for Discalimate. Great wide receivers. Oh, Jerry Judy's on IR? What happened there? Wait, what's going on? No, he's, 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 he's back. He's coming oh, off okay. IR. That's what I thought. Minnesota um, Polar Bears isn't terrible wide receivers and DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Pitton, and Allen Robinson, Jr., uh, Allen Robinson II, but they're really great on paper, not in reality, because right now they're not living up to their names, especially against uh, the wide receivers of Discalimate. You got, and then you got Alvin Kamara. Antonio Gibson is running backs for Disco. That's pretty hot. James Conner and Kenneth Gainwell can have a couple good games here and there, but I don't think they're going to have a good enough day. Uh, everything's leaning towards Disco Lemonade here. I don't need to hear the spread because he's going to take it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 18. Um, this is, this is uh, like a gut thing for me. This I don't I don't have a lot of factual information to throw at you to say why Cameron's going to cover this spread, uh, except for like Stafford to Cup has been so successful all year that I think at some point people got to say all right Henderson just score or yeah, let's cover this up or let's do you know I know it's Houston but like 46, 47 points out of these guys. That's a lot uh, to to project forty seven points out of uh, out of Stafford Cup. He shoved like fifty points in my face last week. It fucking happens, man. I'm not. I'm not saying that it yeah. can't. Happen. I saw him beat up a guy with a starfish. <laughs> I'm just saying it projected, um, and I, I think that at some point, you know, he's going to be disappointed and say, "Yeah, damn, that really wasn't what I expected Stafford to do on the road against Houston." Uh, Stafford, you know, he really recovered, but in the first half against Detroit last year or last week, he didn't look all that sharp. 
Um, not saying that he's not going to come out and score four touchdowns. I'm just saying I think there's a possibility he doesn't. Um, Kamara against Tampa Bay, 19.96 on the ground. I know Tampa Bay has not been particularly, uh, you know, they, they haven't been very kind. They've given up the fifth fewest running back points, um, to, to this year. And, and so 19.96 is a lot. I think that these projections are kind of skewed due to the fact that, uh, that there was just so much put on, uh, um, uh, last week in a rainy game, rainy Monday night game against Seattle. Well, they got Mark Ingram now and Mark Ingram's kind of familiar. So you can kind of get plugged right in and jump in. I'm not saying that Kamara is like going to split 50, 50, but I think that that 19.96 is really high. Um, Mike Williams against new England is one of those things, especially if you're mixing, uh, missing Eckler that that 14.88 is going to be really high. Uh, I'm just thinking that these these projections that that are coming in are just really high. Antonio Gibson is some people that have talked about like buy low. Antonio Gibson has looked like absolute garbage, and he's still got that shin problem. Not buy low, like just don't play him. He, he there should be another option for Neil, and there's not because Mike Davis is not an option right now, uh, and so that's that's a tough spot. Uh, Cole Komet on a Waller buy. Uh, you know, you haven't really seen Cole Komet do anything above seven points all year. It's it's a rough time to be a Cole Komet owner or a Bears owner at all. On the other side, it's not pretty. Okay, Heineke's probably been unicycle polar bears best uh, one of the best parts of his team thus far. Um, but I did, you know, I, I really was like, hey, you're, you're releasing Herbert, uh, Khalil Herbert for Kenneth Gamewell. Why are you doing that? You know, Kenneth Gainwell in a feature role for these Eagles um, against Detroit on the road. This could be a spot where Kenneth Gainwell says, hey, maybe I should be the starting guy. Maybe I should get get more uh, more balls. I think Kenneth Gainwell has a pretty good week. Um, it's going to take some points tonight. Uh, I love Hopkins tonight. I think he's somebody I know he's had a hamstring problem, but him playing I think is uh, against a Green Bay team that is really – been susceptible to the air this year. Uh, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I, I think he has a really good night. Um, there's plenty of moves to be made uh, at kicker for for you could take Singletary and you could drop him. You really don't need to have uh, you know four running backs, four underperforming running backs on your team. Three's just fine. Uh, you can go get a kicker, get those extra projected points, get those extra points. Um, and I like his defense better. I like Cameron's defense overall, regardless of, you know, buys or what, anything like that. I like it better than Neil's on the other side. So I'm going to take you cycle polar bear and the 18 points this week. I, I think that's just the, um, like I said, there's not a lot of statistical information to back this up. It's just a gut feeling. All right. Let's go to Rumham, the biggest gap of the night rumham or the week rumham versus the maestro oh this is a sad matchup what do you think here you know this is this is tough just because 23 points if you don't look at the maestro's quarterbacks he's got a great team you know he's got derrick henry and ezekiel elliott is he's got some pretty good wide receivers and adam thielen brandon cooks and manuel sanders his defense is actually 
pretty good. And Xavier Howard, Justin Jackson are great corners. Uh, Matt Milano, Landry third are great. Uh, Goddard's pretty all right tight end. But when you look at his quarterbacks with Justin Fields and Baker Mayfield, I know you, you were trying to say earlier, this isn't a quarterback-driven league. Well, tell that to fucking Michael, all right? Because he's got everything but. And it has not been a fun fucking year for Michael, all right? So next year he's going to the draft with a different plan. And we'll just – we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, because, <laughs> you know, right now it, this is another one of those situations where – Maestro, like I said, he has a solid team other than his quarterbacks, and if they could figure out their way for just one week, he could definitely get a, uh, get a win. But this week against Rumham, he's got a very solid team all, all the way around. Uh, Jalen Hurts at Detroit should have a great day. Carson Wentz versus Tennessee actually had his worst p- point total of the year versus Tennessee last time. Uh, he has been extremely solid other than that, and he will be at home, so – and it'll be a second time facing them. So it, he might, he'll probably do better, but uh, either way, they don't have much to go up against, against Fields and Mayfield. Uh, Terry McClellan, Mike Evans, and Calvin Ridley are just disgusting wide receivers to have. So uh, Maestro's, like I said, are pretty good, but they get blown the fuck out of the water with those. Uh, Najee and Jonathan Taylor uh, for running backs, they are the protagonist on each one of their offenses. That is a good person to be. Uh, TJ Hawkinson for tight end, like you said, I mean, in, for, in Detroit, he's probably going to run for mayor one day just because they throw him the ball so fucking much. So, uh, you know, his defense is great. So it's, it, it's really, it's, it's rum ham all day. I know the, I know the spread looks big, but if you look at some of the blowouts this year, it's not right. No, I agree. Uh, I'm gonna, one of the worst things that can happen to you in fantasy is if somebody on your team gets hurt and decides to play through that injury and that's Baker Mayfield. Um, he said that like his shoulders fucked up and instead of like getting out of the way and letting Case Keenum play while he heals it up or has surgery or something, I mean, same with Odo Beckham. And that's why he dropped Odo Beckham. Um, it sucks because, and then you can't really deal Baker because no one's like, I want to take on an injured player. It's just really tough. And the same thing with fields. Um, and they're facing two defenses that are not fun to play against San Francisco and Pittsburgh, same with fields. It's like one of those things where it's like, what are they going to put Dalton in? Like, no, they're going to live or die with fields for the rest of the year. Nagy's probably going to be gone for the rest of the year. And so he has no choice, uh, but to play fields. Uh, it's just really tough. And thus far, I'm not blaming Maestro, but he's 0 seven and he's just clung on to these running backs as hard as he can. He thinks that if he's going to win, it's going to be with these running backs. And fair enough. I mean, that's fine. They can um, both blow up, and Derrick Henry has, but it just hasn't been enough. And, right. and because, you know, De- Fields has multiple negative point weeks. And it's not Fields' fault. Fields is a great athlete, but he's getting naggy. He went to the Bears. That That is his biggest problem. Zach, like, Zach Wilson's biggest problem is that he went to the Jets. And yeah. that's why it's like, whoever goes to the Patriots in San Francisco is going to have the best career. And it's not because they're the best quarterback, but it's because they'll be in the best situation. Like when Big Ben went to the Steelers, he wasn't the the best quarterback in the draft. He went to the best situation in the draft is what happened to him. So, I mean, Eli was shortly after. It took him a little longer to get some Super Bowls and he just Eli the rest of the time. But, you know, it's just one of those situations. So it's like sometimes you don't want to get jetsed and you don't want to get bears either or naggy technically, but, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I just, I I think that, like, I agree with you in a certain sense that it wasn't that great of a situation, but Trubisky won our championship last year for a team. Yeah, Bears quarterback situation hasn't been miserable for the last couple of years. I mean, it's it's not great, but Allen Robinson. I mean, yeah, you, in our two quarterback league, your second one can have garbage and be a good quarterback. I won a championship with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Jets, uh, so like, yeah, your second quarterback could be like you're down by fifty points, just go out there and throw it every play, and it's great for you in fantasy. Yeah, uh, but when it's you're down by fifty points, go out there and. I don't even know how many players on the field. He's telling them there's 12, just chuck it up. There's just so many things that you're just like, wow, this guy needs to be fired on the spot kind of thing. So like you you can't really put your eggs in that basket. Yeah. I mean, Michael's receivers and running backs are decent enough. I mean, tight end Goddard, it's not terrible. Like if he just had one good quarterback and a, and a strong defense, because I feel like his defense is kind of weak as well. Um, if you just have one good quarterback and, and some stronger defense, like this is a team that's competing for the playoffs. But that's what I was talking about earlier this week was in the draft. You can win with quarterback, quarterback. You can win with running back, quarterback. You can win with quarterback, running back, but you cannot win with running back, running back. I, I disagree with that, man. They, like You've got to get, you got to draft real fucking solid behind that. Dude, I win running back, running back. I took, I, I, did not take a quarterback until like the fourth round. I know I traded for Darnold, but I think Darnold was taken in the third. I went, I think tight end receiver receiver or something like that. Like you can win with whatever, but if you're going to move and shake as much as you do, but we both know Michael doesn't move and shake that much. He, he doesn't trade enough. Okay. He, he's, 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 he's almost Neil. Yeah. I, I just think that, it just so happens whether it be luck or whatever happened like Michael somehow took the two like worst quarterback situations in the NFL <laughs> and that's produced a 0 and 7 record I mean literally can you think of anything worse like you're not going to draft the Texans that high the Texans are going to be a third quarterback for somebody you know um even Tyrod Taylor has played better than some of these guys um I can't think of another situation that's this fucking bad. Uh, you know, Fields, Mayfield, like both of them. It's just awful. So uh, Jets, obviously, Jets. But I'm talking about like the starting 28 that we have to start every week. Like he literally picked like 27 and 28. And it wasn't like that at the beginning of the year. I mean, obviously, they weren't projected like that way. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I got to take. Trevor this week with the 23 points, like you said, there's been some huge blowouts. People lose by 70 points. Uh, I would hope that Michael can come up and put some points up. I didn't like the trade. And this is regardless of the matchup I'm picking Trevor. I didn't like the trade he made uh, with Taylor, you know, putting that much. uh, What was the trade? It was Taylor for Eckler pretty much. And Devontae Smith. Um, Putting that much emphasis, putting that much, uh, that many eggs in the Colts basket can sometimes, I mean, that could be kind of rough. I know. That- yeah, but uh, there, I mean, I, I trust Taylor way more, more than Eckler, even before the injury. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's uh, just a much more solid running back. Uh, Eckler's cute and all, uh, but he's 
not big enough to handle the goal line situations. And that's why he gets hurt because they try to make him do it. And he's like, Oh, please don't. And they're like, no, I'll get in there. And he's like, all right. And then he's like, yep, I'm hurt now. And they're like, damn it. And he's like, yeah, I told you. And so like, that's like every season for him. So it's just one of those things that like, he's great between the twenties and that's where he needs to stay. And he'd be on the field all the time if they kept him there. Uh, whereas yeah. Jonathan Taylor do everything all day, any day. Uh, and they have, he has an amazing offensive line. The only thing holding him back is when they don't give him the ball. That's literally the only thing holding back John Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might be right. Um, you know, I, if, if Eckler turns out to be hurt, that's like the trade of the year though. So um, it's like literally stealing Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, I made that move because I thought Eckler would get hurt. Trevor, made that move if he knew that Eckler was hurt and John still bought him then oh boy uh and that's that's some that's some sneaky trading all right let's I get will it. say Rumham has uh you know he, he's done well for him in his, in his trades this year he has yeah uh, he's 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 I think he's the number one tradesman in the in the league so uh he's he's been doing very well for him this year yeah uh all right, let's get in some uh, closer matchups here. Um, Darth Scott, eternal touchdown. Let me tell you what I think of this one. Man, how, how eternal touchdown's fallen. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't disagree with the trade he made with me to try to go get somebody like Garoppolo uh, to fill in uh, a few weeks. Uh, with Herbert coming up, they may uh, depend on Herbert if we see Eckler go out. I mean, it really all depends on Eckler. Um, Herbert to Allen is, is not going to be somebody that earned something that, that, uh, ever struggles, whether, you know, Eckler's there or not. I don't like Metcalf against Jacksonville. Gino in that spot is just not an attractive option. Um, I do like Callaway against Tampa Bay. I, I think that was a, that's a decent spot for him. Um, the Mitchell Herbert has looked better than his tie, his running backs have looked pretty much all season. I know that's tough to say, uh, but having Miles Sanders, who's just been struggling all year, not with just being bad, but actually the play calling um, for, for Philadelphia. Uh, what was interesting to me was uh, with Dawson Knox being out, um, he decided to go get Sweeney above some other tight ends that were available. I mean, there's not like tight ends just coming out of people's pores, but uh, Sweeney, really? Um, one of those guys that, that, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have picked him up, but, um, on, on the defensive side, uh, I, I like his team better than, than Darth Scott's. Um, I know he's fielding, uh, you know, four safeties or four, uh, defensive backs and only has two, but I do like Nick Bosa against Chicago this week. Uh, you know. Fields has had those loose hands. You always got to look for those people with loose hands uh, to get those those turnovers. Um, on the other end, Mahomes on Monday night. At some point, Mahomes is going to be Mahomes again. Uh, I know I watched football last week with you, and you seem to be very frustrated time after time and time again with Mahomes. Um, but those 31.31 I think is, is good for Monday night. Um, Roethlisberger seems to be – I know that it, this is not – I'm not promoting Roethlisberger here, but he's been playing better the last few weeks, uh, getting the ball in the receiver's hands as he needs to be. 
Uh, I love the the Robinson against Seattle. I think he has a huge week in Seattle, puts up a lot of points. I do not like Gordon against Washington. I think that Denver team struggles against the Washington football team this, this week. Um, this is like a close, a really, really close matchup. I, you know, one of the closer matchups of the week and the seven points does not make it easy. Um, but I think that Garoppolo is playing for his job. Herbert's playing, uh, you know, is probably one of the better people in this matchup. I think if, if somebody's going to win, uh, it's going to be the more balanced team and the more balanced team this week is going to be eternal touchdown. I'll take eternal touchdown with the points. I don't quite expect him to win, but I do think it's going to be a close matchup and, uh, and, and I'll take him with the points. Defend yourself. I mean, eternal touchdown does have a very good team. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he, you know, he, he's one of those quarterbacks that he stays healthy all the time. You know, he, he never just gets banged up on random little tripped on my ankle, you know, stepped on a pebble kind of guy. Uh, Justin Herbert's really good, especially against New England. I'm sure that, you know, that, uh, you know, Belichick won't be able to hold him down or, you know, confuse him or anything like that. Herbert's just really good. I mean, he, he won't be able to figure out Belichick at all. Yeah. You know, so he'll, he'll probably destroy him. Mm-hmm. Uh, DK Metcalf. Wow. That guy's a beast, especially with Gino throwing to him. Yeah. Geez. You can just, you can, you can assume that he'll get at least one pass every week. So yeah. DK Metcalf, man. Uh, Marcus Callaway, geez, uh, man, that guy can really, uh, go out and run the routes and have, uh, you know, uh, what's his call? What's his face? Have his quarterback yell at him on the sideline. That he's really good for that. Uh, Keenan Allen, that guy's really good. I have, I have nothing bad to say about him. He's good. Uh, Eli Mitchell, uh, man. Yeah. Just one of the many running backs for San Francisco. You, you want to be at least on the team. That's good. He's one of those guys. He's on the team. So that's good. Along with Khalil Herbert. Yeah. You know, Chicago running back. There you go. Chicago offense. That's, what you want. <laughs> that, that's really good. Yeah. They're both on the team. You know, they're going to get a paycheck. So they're, they're good to have. Hey, you know, who else is really good and on the team. Tom Sweeney, uh, Tommy boy there. Yeah. That guy, he's going to be filling in for Dawson Knox and you know, he's on a great offense. So, you know, he could probably put up some points. Uh, everybody likes Tommy boy. So, you know, it's probably like, like, likable guy there um and he's got chase mclaughlin as as kicker cleveland should have a pretty good week this week against pittsburgh hopefully baker plays that should go really well for him uh nick bosa on defense wow yeah multiple zeros on the year yeah he's he probably won't do that again uh, cj mosley he looks with that q i wouldn't worry about that q yeah that little guy yeah just play him yeah all these cues on defense well i wouldn't worry about those yeah just play them all they all look really good um, so yeah, all, all in all, the eternal touchdown team, man. Wow. Yeah. Re- real, real, uh, intimidating looks really good. Um, Mahomes, his biggest problem is teams can smell the blood in the water. He's not looking good right now. Teams can smell the blood in the water and he just, he snaps the ball and he runs. And it's like, Glad hey, you can admit that, you know, he, he, he snaps the ball and runs and it's like, dude, you've got to like trust your offensive line for like a second and then run. You can't run right away or else you're running out of your coverage. So he, he's he's too much of he's too much of uh, up his own ass. Uh, Big Ben, uh, he's old, and there and his biggest problem right now is that uh, Tomlin loves to run the wheels off a running back. If he drafts a running back, he's like, "You're gonna have the shortest career ever," ah! <laughs> and he just he just he just fucking kills him in like right. three. He's really good at that. So that's the biggest uh, you know Achilles heel for Big Ben. Uh, Debo Samuel's got a Q. That's not good. Uh, Deontay Johnson's got a deal with Big Ben. Uh, De- uh, 
Uh, Harris for New Orleans got another cue. That's not good. Melvin Gordon, like you said, has tough time, tough time against Washington. James Robinson, I don't like that guy, especially against a reeling Seattle team. Hunter Henry, he's going to be filler for Dawson Knox for a little bit. I like McManus; he's a good, he's a good kicker. Um, my defense, you know, I'm, I'm expecting if I'm going to have if I'm going to have a good week this week, it's going to be for my defense. It's going to be for Matthew on uh, on Monday night. It's going to be from uh, either uh, Jamel Dean making play uh, on versus New Orleans, and I'm expecting a big game against TJ Watt for TJ Watt. Yeah, that's I think where I win is actually on my defense. So. Uh, might go pick up Kenny Young though. You never know. My, my, if uh, Kirksey's cue goes too bad, I'll, I'll go pick up Young. So I think it's going to be a very close matchup. Uh, what, what's the spread again? Seven. Seven. Oh wow. No, seven. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take myself though. But I think it's going to be very close. Yep. I mean, that's that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, we don't want Kirksey's cue getting worse. Um. All right. Last matchup. Oh, by the way, I want to say something. Sweeney Todd. Todd Sweeney. It's Tom Sweeney. I know Tommy Sweeney, but Sweeney. Yeah, hey. Right around yeah. Halloween. It's getting spooky. Ooh. Mm. Uh, anyway. Ooh. All right. Last matchup, and then we'll go watch Thursday Night Football, I swear. Uh, Sex Raptor plus two against Notorious. What do you think? You know, this is going to be a very close matchup. I think uh, at the top for Sex Raptor for uh, with James Winston, Sam Darnold. I think James is going to actually have a pretty good day against Tampa Bay's defense, which isn't as good as people think it is. And Sam Darnold at Atlanta should have a, a good bounce back week for him. Uh, looking over at Notorious, Ryan Tannehill at Indianapolis is not going to have as good a day as he might want. It's going to be more of running the ball. And Jared Goff versus Philadelphia is going to have a very long day because Philadelphia's defense is pretty good. So I'm leaning towards Sex Raptor at the beginning there. You've got wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, Chris Godwin, Chase Claypool. I think two out of three of them hit, and that's all you need. Um, Antonio Brown, Robert Woods, and Donald Mooney are very good, um, but he would need to have a monstrous day from either Antonio Brown or Robert Woods to catch back up. Still leaning towards Sex Raptor there. Um, I like Tony Pollard and Harris as your running back, so actually – uh, probably have a decent day. Uh, Swift has been great. I don't like that cue. He uh, he's another one of those running backs that kind kind of like Eckler, where they try to make him do too much, and he just he can't handle the full load. They need to give him a little bit of a rest. Um, that's where the game notorious can win is really through his running backs. Is if Swift and Mixon have a huge day, which they can. Because Mixon's at at the Jets. Um, I do like your uh, your tight end better in Ertz versus Tunyon night, even though Tunyon's one of the primary. Uh, targets tonight i still like Ertz better um and I, I like your defense a little bit better i know notorious's defense is really good but i like darius Leonard. i like uh, i like white i like winford jr buda baker uh simmons um he's got a good defense but mick fitzpatrick has not been uh, living up to his name this year uh, edmonds has been okay warner's been good but not great um so i'm leaning towards sex rapper wow okay uh i'm gonna disagree with you and i i disagree with you uh, Fitzpatrick has been living up to his name. I mean, he's been pretty productive. I mean, the last three weeks, what is it? Uh, it's like eight, nine, 12, or something like that. Um, Tannehill's looked really good lately. I'll, I'll say, I watch every Steelers game and I have not mentioned his name once. I'll just, yeah. I'll say, like, I've never been like, oh man, good play. No, yeah. no, that's 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 for other players, not for Minko right now. If he wants to show up on my fucking radar, you know. Step the fuck up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's fair enough coming from an, uh, a, uh, you know, a big, a big Steelers last, guy. Last year, he was killing. This year, I'm like, is he on the field? Is he there? 
So. Yeah. So in the matchup here this week, I think uh, he's got the best quarterback with matchup, Tannehill. He's got the best running back, and it's not Swift. I think Swift is really bloated in projections, but I think it's Mixon for sure at the Jets. I think that's a huge matchup there. I think that's awesome for him. Um, and, you know, his receivers, although I think that they're not as good as mine, are out projecting me uh, pretty strongly. So um, one of the the kicker here, you know, Tunyon, I think, outmatches me at, uh, at, at the uh, tight end position. And, uh, you know, our defenses, I, I pride myself on being a better defense. And so I would hope that it's, um, it's better. Uh, but like, it's two point game. It's literally a really, really close game. Um, I've had some really good luck this year. And I think my luck is, is kind of going to run thin going forward, uh, not going forward for the whole year, but I think this week it, it probably does. If I win this week, I'm like in a really, really good position to, uh, make the playoffs. So I don't think I can get it this easy. Uh, it'd be nice if it could, but uh, it's just one of those things that we're going to have to watch. You know, I really hope Buda Baker makes a good play tonight. I think that would be, uh, that would be, I would love that <laughs> against Danny. Uh, but in this close matchup, when you have the best quarterback, you got the best running backs, you got the best tight end, the receivers are on par and the defense is, is, not terrible. I mean, it's, it's up there. It's not as good, but it's not terrible. I got to take Danny, uh, minus two. Uh, I think he's gonna, he's gonna show up and, uh, and, and, you know, maybe I'm just hedging my bets here, but, but yeah. Uh, before we go, do you got anybody, um, that you think should be picked up before we watch some, some, uh, Thursday night football? Yeah, I think Cole Beasley. I think he's the guy that, uh, when Dawson Knox is out and, and Stefan Diggs is getting, uh, bracketed by Xavier Howard and another guy this weekend. I think Cole Beasley is going to have a big game and he should uh, for the next little bit until Dustin Knox gets back. So it's funny because, you know, Jamal Agnew was just picked up by John and I also, oh, was he? yeah, Jamal Agnew was just picked up by John and I, I was kind of out of left field when we've got Odell Beckham, you know, I, I know. Well, he was one of my, he was one of my wife uh, pickup uh, suggestions a few episodes ago. Who? Agnew? Jamal. Agnew. Yeah. 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 And not saying that he's bad. It's just like I don't, I don't know. Uh, you've got so many receivers available. Boyd was available until earlier today. I know you hate Boyd, but he was my pickup last week. Um, but my guy just picked him up again. Yeah, I picked up Boyd. I didn't wow. pick him up again. I just picked him up. I, I haven't had Boyd share. You really um, want a part of that offense, huh? If you want a part uh, of the Cincinnati offense, I would pick up some Simaj uh, Piran, personally over yeah. Tyler Boyd. That's um, fair enough. But it's just the, Jamar Chase is like every read. It's just Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. Oh, is that Uzuma? Jamar Chase, Uzuma, Jamar Chase. But it's not. I mean, I just need a receiver for one week. And that's next week. So I thought uh, I'm probably okay. not going to get for a filler. For a filler. For a filler. I mean, I, it, you know, it's whatever. Um, but my person of the week is Russell Gage. I had a great week last week after being gone for three weeks and then hitting the buy. Uh, Russell Gage is buyless the rest of the week or rest of the year. Uh, you know, teams have are now going to be honing in on um, on Pitts, on Ridley, and you're going to leave some open spots for Russell Gage. Russell Gage, talented receiver, 
really has struggled um, it, with injuries and everything else in the beginning of the year. I think at, when he comes back uh, healthy as he is, uh, he's a viable 10 point week kind of guy. Uh, if, if you need that wide receiver three, Russell Gage, your guy. All right, Scott, that's just about it, man. Um, it was good talking to you this week. I'm ready for some Thursday night football. I think it starts right now. Anything you got to say before we go? Pleasure is all mine. I love talking football with you and let's, uh, let's watch some Thursday night football. Hell yeah. Good luck this week, guys. And I will talk to you guys next week. Same time, same place. See ya. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Ha, 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 ha.